This is Into the Storm, Triumphant Tragedy Transformation, Buffaloes Not Cowards, Buffaloes Wisely Fight Into the Storm, Not Painfully Away from the Storm Like Cows. This is raw, real, and rewarding for men with spiritual with a spiritual emphasis. I'm Ryan Smith, your host, and it's my privilege to be with Bunker Weimer, your co-host. This is your podcast. By joining us, you join the community of post-secularism. Vanguards combining the one, religious and spiritual values with secular and scientific understanding. It's time to stop operating as if one is better than the other, but we're really just talking about the same thing and objective, operating with, the, with one objective, truth. Before we jump into it, we want to let you know of even more incredible opportunities to learn, and more importantly, discover healing for yourself and those you love. You can learn more at dttransformation.com and theryancsmith.com. For one-on-one coaching and large-scale speaking events to transform your relationship and your life, be part of the action. Well, this is so exciting. This is a very first for us, having Quentin kicking this off, and you guys have the great opportunity to get to know the inside life of Quentin. We are, I I know, just I want to introduce him first. We are do, in the same comedy class doing impromptu, and Quentin has been doing this for a lot longer than me. I, I don't actually know how long, but I know longer than me, and he is so talented. Uh, I'm getting three years, three years, thank you. And, and I just started, I've just been doing it a few months, and I've been so grateful for Quentin. And he brings a, a fun, lively, spontaneous, you never know what's going to happen. And he's like a magician, just pulls just different things out of the hat, keeps you on the edge of your seat. And he's also just very raw, and and he would be vulnerable and the the parts that he would share about his life um were were very connecting and and he would take took me under his wing and and has been showing me and encouraging me as i've been trying a, a new a new thing that has definitely brought up a lot of insecurities for me and so his sensitivity his fun charisma is has just been a lot and i'm just so privileged to have him here um, just to get started, Quentin, and uh, could you just share a little bit more about you and, and what makes you you? Yeah. So uh, we have a little disclaimer about who I am. Um, so I'm non-binary, going by all pronouns. Um, my last relationship was with a trans woman. Um, I was formerly religious, but now I'm an atheist. Um, but I believe that we can learn from each other and that we can um, come together because we all share similar experiences of going through this mortal life together. Thank you. Well, we have some questions and just getting into to this and um, kind of hosting the, this interview here. Um, if I could just start, um, and maybe this is what I, maybe the, the one of the first things that I learned about you, and if you could maybe share this with everyone else is, what is the legacy you want to leave the world with? Yeah. So uh, thinking about a legacy, thinking about um, like when I die, what's, what's left? What, what, why would my life matter? 
Um, and I think that uh, everyone has to answer that for themselves. And for me, that answer was leaving the world with tangible evidence that I existed, leaving it with um, videos, uh, video games, uh, novels, uh, going to, to shows and performing live, basically getting, uh, adapting and connecting with people on an emotional level, connecting with people, making them laugh, making them cry, making them feel things that they wouldn't have before, making them explore themselves, teaching them about, uh, how to entertain and, uh, being there for them with social connections and doing fun podcasts. <laughs> and because I think part of this is that you really want to have that stage presence. That's not all of you, obviously, but that's a part of you that's really important that you really, most people don't share like, oh, I really want to be on the stage. I really want to be in the media mm -hmm. or, or the the arts, I think. And, and so that, how, how yeah. did that evolve for you, Quentin? So, uh, and is, am I, am I right about that? First? Yeah. So, um, I've always had difficulty connecting with people. Um, I have undiagnosed autism speaking to therapists. It's like, Oh, we could go down this road if you really wanted to. I'm like, let's, we have other things to discuss. Um, and, uh, you can technically say like high functioning or, uh, not really needing, um, what's it called? Needing assistance with my day-to-day -day activities. And so connecting people has been, been hard, but making people laugh is, and understanding people is something that I strived for. And uh, I started making uh, content, uh, creating like little games and seeing the reactions that came from that. And then started creating videos and seeing the impact that some of the educational videos that I had. And then I tried to make skits because I love, uh, I loved comedy so much that I wanted to, to implement that in my life. And then I signed up to go learn improv and, uh, I performed on stage for my first time was a nervous wreck, uh, and performed terribly. But, um, I learned that I love really hard to imagine. <laughs> yes. I love that adrenaline. Um, or not adrenaline, but I love the feeling of uh, connecting with people on a laughter level. Mm. Well, and you, for those of you, I highly encourage, I've even posted on YouTube the things and seen just his on the spot. And impromptu is all about impromptu, right? And so it's so fun to see just the quick wit of Quentin. And so it's, it's interesting to hear this now that, that you get nervous because it seems so yeah. natural. It seems like you have this whole agenda when you get on there, but yet, so it, it, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't think I get nervous anymore because the more I expose myself to a stimuli, the less stimulus I become. Um, that's a generalization of basically everything. Well, say that again. Say that again. Uh, the the more that I um, am exposed to a stimuli, I am less st 
I am less stimulus. Mm. That's the right word. It does. It's not as scary whenever, if you, you when, keep on practicing that thing. I believe one of the core fears that humans has is the fear of the unknown. Um, and once you've um, turned on the light switch, you, you can't turn off it and not know where your bed is. Um, so if you've checked that there's monsters under your bed, then, and you see that there's no monsters under your bed, then you know that there's none. Once you've turned fear into knowledge, um, mm. it goes away. You gotta look. You gotta look it in the face to really see: is it as scary as I fear it is? Yeah. Kind of the the is it Kennedy who says we have nothing to fear but fear itself? Some. I, I guess. Yeah, but I think there's fear, is fear itself. There's always nuance to that as well because fear is a good motivator to not do something like to not go up and like push a police officer over because you'd fear you'd get arrested is probably a good fear to have <laughs> or like the fear to touch a hot to stove because you were going to get burned is probably a good fear to have um but fear in situations where um it comes fear in social situations is really fun because um, that comes from the anxiety of not being accepted by our tribe. Um, and if I'm not accepted, then I can't uh, have the, the, the village um, meat from the, from, from, or, or the dairy from the dairy cows because um, I'm ostracized. And we want to fit in together. We want to, uh, I don't know if everyone does, but at least I have... Uh, a social inclination to be positive towards other people. Um, and yeah, there, there's, you can call it biology, you can call it um, nurture as well, um, because a lot of our societies and what our societal norms are depended on where we are in a culture. Like uh, when I went to Thailand and lived there for a little bit, you don't hold the door open with your foot because that's considered rude. Um, because feet are beneath you, feet are um, soiled. Um, and just different cultures handle different things differently, but we all have uh, taboos. Yeah, and I, I really like this idea, you know, what you said is like, or at least how I heard what you said, Quentin, is that we are biologically wired to be accepted by our tribe. And if we... Mm -hmm are rejected by our tribe you know caveman d days that meant instant death like if you go out naked in the sticks the, your chances of surviving are very slim we don't have sharp teeth we don't run really fast and we don't have fur and and we can't fly and so our ability to survive is mm -hmm. is is really dependent on our ability to work as a team and so if our team rejects us biologically that's that means death and so rejection i think hits us harder than maybe it would i don't know some <laughs> i don't know there's and like there's a, also like nuance to that as well because um if we only say that it's biological then there's also something to be said about people who don't have who um are neurodivergent from so neurodivergency is uh 
if we consider what a normal brain would be like, um, we're divergent from that path. So if you have like uh, autism, for example, um, neurotypical people would be able to pick up on uh, like emotions through like facial expressions, where someone who has the autistic trait of not being able to pick up on facial expressions might talk your ear off about trains and they don't get that they don't understand that you don't want to talk about that um like your body posture and like leaning back and like looking around um or checking your phone they'll still talk to you about the thing that they like um like one of one of my uh or three of my cousins um uh, have a lot more uh autistic traits and um knowing that i'm able to communicate with them better because i know the type of conversations that we'll get into and i believe that um neurotypical people um if they were to learn more about neurodivergencies then there'd be less stigma attached to um different disorders and we'd be able to pull more people into our tribe oh that's that's really interesting that you know that there's maybe some people that aren't as sensitive maybe to the, those the body language or maybe rejection in that and that they will behave differently and so quentin have you ever been rejected and if so how did you deal with it like 90 to 95 percent <laughs> of the things that i try to accomplish i'm rejected um like so, what? so <laughs> let's let's talk about relationships 90 percent of the women that i've ever asked out have said no right um let's talk about uh projects every single video game and novel that i've ever created hasn't recouped the cost that i put into it um uh let's talk about um like improv um i've been rejected from the auditions that we had uh let's talk about the um the uh, interviews that i've had i've been denied I, i've only had like two computer science jobs out of like the hundred different interviews that i had um oh. and it's 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 not uncommon at all to be rejected in the majority of a person's life everything yeah if everything went that's as, more normal than yeah. having a hundred percent shooting or batting average or something mm -hmm. and i believe that um that's a really healthy perspective that yeah. rejection is that's that's normal mm -hmm. and i believe that we can learn from rejection and i believe that once we've been rejected now that's a known thing um like i was rejected from like i remember like one of my first interviews was for um uh, oh, i can't remember but i remember the first interview that i got accepted into a job was for a laundromat um and like being this is a terrible example uh i'll just pick a different rejection example so um <laughs> i was talking to a recruiter about um like different job potentials and um i went through my first job interview through that recruiter um and i was woefully underqualified for the position um and they asked me very hard questions that i didn't know the answers to um and i was a nervous wreck the entire time but now fast forward to today 
um, 10 years later of working in the field. Um, I've been interviewed so often that now I'm there and I'm counter interviewing them and going back and being <laughs> like, I've failed all these attempts. You're probably going to reject me anyways. So I'm going to see if you're the right fit for me as well as I'm the right <laughs> fit for you. Um, so rejection. Interview, interviewing the interviewer. Rejection destigmatizes the fear that I've had in my life. And um, its repeated exposure to that stimuli of failure has uh, desaturated my mind of failure. So, would you say you're afraid of failure? I would say that I really, really hope that my endeavors like succeed. Um, one of the things that I'm working on now is I'm working on a Unity project to create like a 360 video with ambionic sound. Um, and basically like you're able to look around and the sound follows you while you're looking at a, at a YouTube video. Um, and I don't believe that I'll get more than like a hundred views for, <laughs> for that uh, little, little project that I'll be doing. And is it worth me spending the next month or so trying to create this little project to get nothing? No, no, no clout, no uh, exception from tribe. There might be a couple people who are like, oh, that's neat. But then that will fade from their mind forever. Um, so what else can I get out of it other than the acceptance of others? It's the knowledge of how to do it, um, the, the pursuit of creation. And it's something that I want to try to see if I can accomplish. So I've had to learn to take out of my endeavors the things that I can control rather than the things that I can't. That's pretty profound. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a serenity prayer right there is, you know, help me to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And what I'm hearing you say, Quentin, is really like that that fear of failure is is kind of lost from you. And so that gives you so much more freedom to take more risks and to put yourself out there and to do the things that really invigorate Quentin. And what mm -hmm. I really am hearing, and t tell me, I'm interested in your thought, is that like there's like this you love Quentin, like you, you, you're good with Quentin. And so, and if that's so like, what does self-love mean for you? Yeah. So uh, we could take this into examples, like um, the first, or like one of the couple of girls that I asked out um, in, in high school, like I was a nervous wreck. I, I, I didn't know if she would say yes or no, and if she said no, that would be devastating, and I would um, melt as a human being. Um, That's and, how it feels. It yeah. really does. It like and, and I re literally feel like I'm going to die. I was putting self worth on whether or not the tribe accepted me, um, and so uh, over the years of all those rejections, I've had to learn to extract that self-worth out of the process of asking someone out so um mm -hmm. so now self-worth is not dependent on their response mm -hmm. so now when i ask um women out um i think 
who are they, where are they at in their life, and am I a hindrance or a burden to them while I'm asking them out? Um, mm. So if I'm talking to someone and they um, aren't very talkative back to me, um, I've, I've had to learn that that's a sign that, that I probably shouldn't pursue that. And yeah, like, but also I've learned not to be afraid to ask anyways and mm -hmm. phrase it in such a way that it gives them the opportunity not to feel bad about themselves or for having to reject people. Um, because I've heard it often where uh, women who get asked out um, feel bad about themselves for having to reject someone and hurt someone. So if I can take their guilt out of it, then we both walk away um, a more uplifted and knowledgeable about the situation. Whoa. So if I'm like, hey, like, um, I like you, I find you attractive, and I would like to get to know you better, um, it, feel free to say no um, and go about your day. Um, but would you like to go out and go get a pizza or something? That is powerful. Because you know, or like a job interview or, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not in the dating arena right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, I'm married, uh, but I was there and that was scary. And, you know, the same fear of like, if someone put a, a gun to my head or like ringing on the doorbell to, you know, or someone is, you know, that I was dating or, you know, going for an interview, like the arousal is just the same. And like, when was the last time that you asked your wife something that you were scared to ask her about? That's a great um, question. Mm, like, yeah, I think there, there's questions that, you know, are we completely honest with? And um, uh, I might be more the exception. Most people may, I, I don't know. I, I probably am the one that gets in trouble <laughs> a, lot, a lot. But um, the... How but did you I, I get? Would, how did you get to the point where um, you are not afraid to ask your wife something? Um, I yeah, probably the same concept is that I've been rejected a lot, and I've I've failed. You know, I think in the last eight years, I've been fired from five of my jobs, and that's been a lot. That was that was mm -hmm. hard, and it didn't just. Was, I wasn't only rejected from that tribe, but financially, it, it, I, I really did feel like I was out in the sticks, just naked and trying to, to you know, start a fire by myself. And it, it's, it's been hard. Uh, and that's, but it has, and I think I could probably share more, but I, I don't want to make it about me. But what I really want to say here, Quentin, and, and for everybody, I think this is valuable for everybody, is that um like because that fear uh, like you're good with quentin if mm -hmm. you get accepted or rejected by the person you're attracted to that you're still going to be good and so because that that is no longer your focus mm -hmm. you're able to focus on them and like take the guilt out of them and that's like so like next level and i I love that about you, Quentin, that you have that awareness because you're so grounded. You're able to think, see if they're getting shaky and be sensitive to them, even if it has to, even if they're going to maybe throw you under the bus. 
uh, per se and, and have that sensitivity. And I yeah. just, that, that's so awesome. And I think um, a big fear that I had, so I've been in relationships with someone who was um, extremely popular on social media. And that relationship um, didn't end well. Um, and I was afraid of the backlash of people who didn't know any better, who didn't know about our relationship um, budding into my life. Um, and so I have a fear of, of privacy, of uh, I don't give out all my information to basically anyone. Um, and that's something that I'm working with uh, is to find what is the appropriate um, level of privacy that I should have with others. Um, yeah. And so having experience in hindsight, and you, you, you've done this, what would you do differently? Yeah. And I think the, the real question there, um, isn't if I had a time machine, what would I go back in the past and fix? It's, what have I learned from the past that now if I were to put in the similar situation, I would change in the future? Mm. Um, and what I would you learn rather than regretting, wishing that there was a time machine, just what have I learned from that? Yeah. And I have learned to be the person that I am now from the people that I've hurt in the past. And the feelings that I've had because of that. Um, the relationships that have gone bad, both romantic and platonic, um, those are the things that hurt me the most as a human. And the projects that have sunk and did nothing, um, those are a dime a dozen, and those don't matter to me as much as people, their feelings, um, their progress in their own life, and I've burnt bridges to friendships that I shouldn't have, and I can't go back and fix them. Um, so I just have to look forward to the bridges that I'm building now with people and make sure that I am building bridges that I don't want to burn later because I'm scared. Oh, and why is there more pain associated with failed relationships or burning bridges in the relationships rather than failing work or fight, losing money or the, the, the more of the material? Why is there more pain associated with those? I believe that is an axiom. So in mathematics, you have axioms. Axioms are fundamental things that we believe to be true so that we can build the rest of mathematics on top of it. So an axiom of mine, a fundamental truth that I believe to be true, just because it is, um, is that I care about other people. And sometimes I am selfish, and I am afraid that being selfish or doing something will hurt people make them feel bad, um, make them not accept me. Um, and I believe, let's see, that's a fun one to unpack because I want to be accepted by the tribe. Um, so I need to 
be a pleasant person to be around. Our wants determine what our needs are. If I want to live, I need to eat. If I don't want to live, I don't need to eat. And our wants influence what we need in life. And I want to be accepted by others, so I need to not hurt other people. It's very profound. I'm definitely chewing on that. And, and for me, I, I think maybe this is what you're saying, Quentin, is just the priority in your life is people relationships are a higher priority. And so when those slip through your fingers and or when you hurt people and thank you for being like, like so brutally honest, like most people don't admit that, although we all have, I know I've hurt many people, but how often I don't often say, you know, out of the people I've hurt, you know, that that's not a, so thank you for that, that authenticity. Yeah. It's like, why do I want to create a video game where millions of people play it? It's so that I can connect with people and be accepted by them. And mm. when I've been in romantic relationships, um, I haven't felt the need to pursue as many creative endeavors at the same time because I was fulfilled. Mm. And I, 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 you know, being, being fulfilled and what, what, our, our desires. I like that. And just this morning, I was listening to another podcast on, and they were saying how there's three levels of, I don't know, different, three different mentalities that we go through. And, and they had used uh, terrestrial or telestial, terrestrial, and celestial mentality. And the, the base one is that you're just doing your base instincts. You're, you're hungry. So you get food, you want sex, so you go get sex, you know, and it's just, you, you, you're just, your behavior is directly dictated by your desires. But the higher one, uh, the terrestrial is like, you know, what, what is the greater good and being aware of, of that, but, and, and having that, you know, how can I function in this, in the tribe, in the community and hurt is less hurt least people as possible you know that's kind of that second mentality uh but there's but you're just doing that because that's like the best way to survive because if you just do your impulses you usually end up in jail <laughs> so <laughs> those people are rejected but the third uh level celestial is is where you truly desire to like love people like that is your like you don't have to white knuckle it anymore that is how you think that's you you want to give of yourself because that's actually like fun for you and i guess quentin what i hear you saying and this is how i see you is that 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 level is like you truly just you get up on the stage and you've given me so many uh pearls of wisdom you know i, I remember just like i get so afraid and i'm only thinking about myself and you'd said if you're afraid then you're just thinking of yourself. But when you get on the stage, think of how you're impacting and bringing laughs to others and how you're benefiting. And, and that has helped you to perform better, but it's like, that's more celestial or higher thinking. And I think I just have really learned a lot from you. Are we almost out of time? Yes. Yeah, so I just, two more questions here is just, yep. is there one message uh, that you have? And if so, uh, 
that you would want uh, to to leave leave for today? Yeah. Um, I would say that if you are unhappy with yourself, you need to reflect on why. Reflect on what's the priority for your life. What do you find value in? Because when I reflected on what I found value in and changed my actions to meet with my goals, I became a person that I liked and a person that I could accept. And yes, sometimes I become selfish and the goal that I set out for myself um, wasn't the goal that I needed to be set. But the, through the act of failure, I know the monsters that are underneath my bed. And I'm able to work with them to become happy. Do the things today that will guarantee that I'll be happy tomorrow. Wow, there's so much packed in there. Just take those risks. Check out the, you know, what are your fears? Look them right in the eyeballs. Go for it. And as you face your fears, you build that self-love, that place where you really care about yourself. And then you... When you can lose fear of failure, then you can start living the life that you really want. And, and, and then you can be aware of other people. And, and, and I think really, as you care about yourself, you, you can care about others. I guess in closing, there, there is one parable that I want to, to leave. And this, this comes from a, a Gaia thing that I saw on, it's, the movie is called Finding Joe, and it's a it's there. There was this village, this tribe, and they had a golden Buddha, and they they loved it, and that was a, a, such a symbol of 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 power and and of the community, and that was a sense of pride for them. But then they heard that the Huns were coming, and the, the they were going to destroy everything in their path, and so what they did. So that they wouldn't is they covered it with dirt and 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 tried to make it just look not attractive and 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 they were successful they didn't destroy the buddha but through the the chaos and the fog of war they they forgot about this buddha and later there was a buddhist monk that was coming and he got really close, closer than most people, because there's still a lot of trash and junk around it. But he, he wanted to see it, and he saw like a very small sliver of gold, a little like pocket, and he's like, "Oh, that's interesting." And so he started to, to pry and pick away at it. And what he found is that as he started to unbury the, the, the dirt that was all around it it became this beautiful Buddha again, and it was became a symbol and it united people and was a, a source of pride for, for the, the community that lived there. And um, that's the, the parable. And uh, Bunker, I'm going to put you on the spot. How is this a life lesson? Any, any takes on that? So if I understand the story correctly, Buddha was buried, and then the monk gets closer, and as he uncovered it, he discovers more. Yes, it, it was. It was covered with dirt, and it, right. it was still standing erect. It wasn't buried in the ground, but it. But yes, well, I think on the topic of what we're talking about, a lot of times, like happiness is within. Sometimes we look in other places. I think too, 
there's a lot of, especially the people I talk to, like a lot of dislike of the self or self-loathing. And that can be metaphorically piling dirt onto ourselves. And I think sometimes, just as Quentin explained, we have to like really sit there and think like, where am I at? What am I thinking? Like reflect on the self. And I think from my own experiences, I've done that. I realized that there is metaphorically the gold Buddha shining within. And as I uncover the dirt, life seems a lot more beautiful. And I think people can see that in you and you can see it in yourself. And then when you look in the mirror, you see that golden Buddha as well. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And that, that all, all of you listeners and Quentin, like, this is how I see you is that you are that golden Buddha, but through the rejection, the lemons that are maybe thrown at you, the booze and the, the, those dates or, uh, jobs and, and projects that fail that's like the dirt and it covers like our true shiny you know the worth of of us and we begin to think that we're just dirt um that because of the the negativity that goes around um but if we can chip away and and find our inner self and find that inner self love then we can be a source a light to others and and maybe take that dirt and turn it or the lemons and turn it into lemonade and i just really appreciate um uh you this podcast and and the the messages that were expressed here of making the most that and the hand that you're dealt with um in and lastly just quentin just um what what do you wish people knew about you that most do not? Oh, I have two separate lives. I have a performance life and I have a personal life. And I believe that it's okay to keep them separate and it's okay to not have to share everything with everyone. Um, and it's not hypocritical if one of your lives doesn't mash up with the other one because you're still you you're still doing the things that you love to do and for me um i had to struggle with uh having like a dual persona for a while until i figured out that um both of them were me just in a different capacity and i was able to service my needs because of my wants um through both aspects of my life wow that that's profound so because there's parts of you and i think yeah there's different hats that that we all wear and and so i i maybe could say this i remember at the close of one of our performances um leah our, our teacher she saw me speaking korean with my with my wife and also one of my korean friends that had come to to cheer us on and she was like what you speak korean and um that's weird but i i feel like there was more emphasis in there than like the normal thing and i think what she was really saying i i have to chat i think she'd be i will have to see what if i asked her but i think what she was saying is like ryan i've kind of perceived you as like a slow stupid <laughs> like someone that doesn't you know get things in here like oh there's like this whole other life and 
and I think she was able to see a different aspect. And so we get so uh, we see see someone in a certain light, and then we think that that's who they are, and we put them into that box. But really, oh. I think it's a bigger. Uh, you know, there's so much to what makes Quentin makes Bunker. There's and, also something to be said about you thinking that she thought that you were dumb because that's your own insecurities being personified onto somebody else. Quentin, have you thought about a career in psychology? Because I think you'd be pretty good at it. <laughs> um, Kind of. Um, But also, I don't know if I could deal with the people. Um, <laughs> but no, like, uh, You're very talented in that regard. And very insightful questions. You made me reflect on myself a lot this past mm-hmm. half an hour. Well, thank you. And I, I definitely think you, you, you see to my soul that I definitely feel not being smart enough and is definitely my probably my first go-to insecurity. Um, and um, I think there maybe through because of the failure and if I was only smart enough, maybe I wouldn't be rejected as and much. That's- that's something that I've done is to think of myself as awesome. And it's okay to think of myself as awesome because mm-hmm. um, I've done all these cool things. I have proof that I'm awesome. People have told me that I'm awesome. And society has told us that if we say that we are awesome, then we are narcissistic. No. Whoa. It's not humbleness to belittle yourself. Be your own biggest fan. Cheer you. You are awesome. Like, and I, I love the quote, you know, how if you think you're right or you're wrong, you're probably right. And the, another one, you know, take your, give yourself highest, high marks or mm-hmm. high, high esteem. But because people usually take you at how you esteem yourself. Yeah. It's like, how does art sell for millions of dollars? It's because someone perceived it as millions of dollars. If you perceive yourself as a million dollars, then you will act in such a way to be bought as a million dollars. Wow. Well, that that is a wrap. Thank you. Hopefully, you perceive you, the listener, you, you're as you listen that you now take on new courage, and that you perceive yourself as a million dollars, and that really does change lives. And uh, with Thank you, Quentin, for joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the integrity, the vulnerability, uh, and just coming prepared. And it, uh, it was, I learned a lot from you today. And thank you so much. Yes. Uh, and Definitely. with that. Oh, and every year you have to increase that million dollars because of inflation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Keep on growing. Keep on being your biggest fan. Well, that's it for day, today. Keep living with integrity. Give yourself high marks. You, you are, you, you're a million dollars yesterday. You're two million today. So keep on believing. All right. Going to love you and leave you. Peace. Peace.